The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's really easy to use, you guys. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. Hey, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast on Denver Stiffs Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. You can follow me and all the work that I do at Vida Viva Diva on Twitter and Instagram. Go check out that Bull Bull video that I just posted. It was actually crazy. Pretty amazing. Um, Riley's less impressed with it because he's 7'2", and he's right next to the basket. He should be able to do these things. So He could put his arms straight up in the air, and he can easily touch the rim. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it's an impressive – Long for a seven two dude, but like if a six six or a six four dude did that, I'd be like, oh, that man needs to be in the dunk contest. But this dude, his arms are like past the rim, so like, yeah, such a hater. Actually, a perfect intro for the vibes that Riley has for tonight's pod. Um, we have a lot of heated topics to discuss with you guys, and you know, this is always fun for for me because it's the one time of week that I actually really get to catch up with Riley so we actually get to talk about stuff and hear opinions about things and um, you're gonna hear a lot of them today but the Nuggets on the up and up right they four and oh hello winning streak big time I like literally wanted to post winning streak after the they won two in a row just because it was so few in the season so this is our first legitimate four win winning streak overall thoughts about how the Nuggets are playing right now uh I'm impressed I'm shocked because I said they were only going to win one game in this whole trip that they had coming up and these have all been solid wins I really 
um, I said on actually our show that I think that um, the Nuggets need to roll with what they have. And I am starting to not really believe in our defense happening anytime soon, which I'm sticking to that. And I think we should put all of our eggs in just outscoring people because I think we can. <laughs> and that's what I got. And I know defense wins championships, but it surely wasn't trying to help us win games. So interesting I turn of events. Interesting on, turn, Riley. I feel like I feel like they made this decision though. I really do like. They were like, screw this. Like, we're trying to wear ourselves out trying to play defense, sort of, kind of, but not really know what we're doing. So why don't we just go out there, you know, what we're supposed to do, and then on the offensive end, just let them score like crazy as much as they can. And that's what I felt like happened last night, to be honest. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm just surprised that you're on board with it, really, more than anything, because – I feel like you're about defense. You're kind of like like Malone in that way. You want people to play hard and work hard and do the right thing. And, um, you know, that's usually the side of the, the line you fall on. And, and this is different Riley. Like, let's just score, score, score. Yeah, offense, like, offense, offense. When you say something so many times, you almost, you just start getting tired of like hearing yourself. And then at some point, <laughs> got to look in the mirror and you got to be like is this even possible or am I just going to keep saying this forever and I had one of those moments the other day when I woke up I was like are the Denver Nuggets ever capable of playing defense and I thought about it I've thought about the past few years and I thought about the games and I said no they're not capable <laughs> of playing defense so we are going to buy or like crazy oh my gosh Wow. The lack of confidence you have in these guys to play defense is so sad. I, I mean, it's a challenge. Like you've thrown the gauntlet out there. Riley does not believe a single Nuggets player knows how to play defense on this team. I'm, I'm guessing you're going to say Jermichael Green is just always fouling and playing too rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this, it, it would have been great in the early 2000s, late 90s. But not today. It's called a foul. <laughs> well, there you have it, Nuggets uh, players, hopefully. Check this out. Riley does not believe you've played de- defense. Let's see what you got. Prove I think That's all I want to say. Prove me wrong. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting game last night on for a lot of reasons. By the way, I took Nicola and Luca to take hit the triple double. Nicola lets me down again. He's been in this kind of funk. So if you've been taking Nicola on the triple double, um, betting that it was hitting for a long time, like pretty consistently, or at least like every other game, depending on how many minutes he was playing, etc. But it's not been hitting lately, even in game situations where he's getting a lot of minutes and he should be having that triple double. And I think that's mostly because he's been having to do too much offensively, carrying so much offensive weight. I mean, he's been killing it on the boards and scoring. Like we're not talking like double digits. Like we're talking like twenties in the twenties, you know, like I think when I think double digits, um, you know, you're thinking 10 and 10, this is, 
double that. So double, double digits. <laughs> he is playing phenomenal, but he is definitely not getting as many assists as he has typically gotten, which is not common for him, right? Like that's the area we expect him to, to get at least 10 or more, but that hasn't been the case lately because of the way they've had to play. It's been working. So whatever, but I did hit on Luca hitting that uh, triple double. What, what that was awesome. I also took the Mavs to cover mine uh, plus six and a half a, and I hit on that. I so thought this was recorded. Why? <laughs> because you took the Mavs over. <laughs> I feel like you always have been hating on me for Luca and the Mavs. And I think I was in your head. I got in there. You sent me a telegraphed message, bet the Mavs. I did, I think. <laughs> I guess so. You know, I just thought here, I actually took that like, I think at halftime, mm-hmm. at halftime, they were plus six and a half. Um, and they, covered that um it was actually yeah it was a pretty good get I'm glad I took it because they were down you know um but interesting game more than that more than the bets that I hit which uh I didn't I literally I texted you about this Riley but I literally almost I don't know what it was I had this gut feeling I was like damn Gary Harris plus it was like plus a thousand or something to hit the first shot and I didn't what? take it. I didn't what take it. I thought you know betting by now to know that <sighs> you don't go bet. You got a basketball bet for a reason. It was a, it was a failure. Um, and he hits that first shot. I was really upset actually, but uh, I didn't let it you know ruin the rest of my night. I took that one mid game um, minus six or plus six and a half, and that was pretty nice. But weirder than all of that, we need to address very obvious elephant in the room i mean uh what happened with jamal murray riley what did you see i saw a man playing game of basketball i got very frustrated and he totally grabbed the nuts of another man okay live during a game, full on, intentional, dirty, and honestly, didn't expect it from Jamal. I really didn't. Like if I had to choose a player on the team, it wasn't gonna be Jamal to do that. I think, and you know it's bad when the next day here at the University of South Carolina who don't watch Nuggets basketball, people are talking about Jamal Murray grabbing another dude's nuts. That's not okay. That's not what you want to be known for. That is not the topic. We should, it should have been the topic. The Nuggets beat the Mavs. They're on a four game win. No, 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 no. No one even knew who won the game. Or anything about the win streak, nothing. It was, did you see Jamal Murray last night? That was so bad. That was what was going on. Um, so that's that frustrating. Of, yeah, that kind of gives you a perspective of it wasn't only the Nuggets and the Mavs players and fans um, that saw this. It, it was everywhere. I think at one point it was actually the number one trending thing on Twitter. 
Um, Damn it. it it's always very- Jamal and somebody's nuts. I mean, I know he's, he's kind of stay away from that area, to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, it was a dirty play. It was intentional. I, I believe that that kind of intentional play should be suspension. Um, I don't care if that's my team or not. I think you got to play how you would, if, if it was the other team doing it to one of the Nuggets players, I'd want it that way. And so if it was a Nugget, so since it's Jamal doing it to someone else, I think it should happen too. I also think that um, I think Jamal's in a terrible place right now, mentally. Really? I do. I feel like there has been a lot of pressure, expectations. I think there might be some other things happening in his life. I don't know. But um, he just hasn't seemed right. I don't think it's an injury. I think it's all in his head. I think his head got the best of him last night. And I think it was built up. And he made a very, very bad mistake. And that's kind well, of why I'm with Jamal. Well, here, here's some, I mean, it's, it was interesting. It was weird. It was, we, I mean, you couldn't really tell. Depending on the angle you looked at and which, which camera you were looking from, I don't know what you were watching, which channel you were watching, Riley, but I was watching the Mavericks broadcast. And they showed an angle from the baseline and it very much looked like his backhand kind of purposely went up into his crack or whatever. But <laughs> but from the other angle, you see him trying to get up and you see the motion, the very, very common, like, and I think we've all done it, right? Where you try to get up and your, your motion goes up and your arms kind of lift you to get you that momentum up see that motion of him getting up and I don't know I don't know Jamal has not spoken on the issue Jamal uh has not yeah said anything about it coach Malone hasn't said anything about it they did not practice today um so we don't know any info at least in that regards but from what I saw it looked I thought it was intentional I will say though like all the guys in our group in our, like, in the Denver Stivs Slack, all of the guys said it was unintentional. Every that single. Mind-blowing. I was like, y'all, I could not imagine if it was Luca that did this to Jamal. We would be going crazy. But this is, this, like, as much as I love the Nuggets fan base, loyalty in our team, like, this is where our love for the team takes over from what is the truth and sometimes we are a little biased and I think that's what happened here because to me from an outside point of view it was very obvious anyone out there really it was obvious but according to our slack it wasn't that obvious yeah and I mean I'll just I mean I don't know if it's like a moral dilemma in my mind like you know you get I, I like playing the game rough I like you know, banging around in there. I think this season, I feel like the referees have allowed a lot more physical sort of play. I don't know if that's because there aren't fans in the arena or what that's about, but it has seemed a bit more physical. I don't know that it was an intentional move. Like I said, to me, it looked at least the backhand kind of looked like maybe he thought he could, you know, it was maybe it looked dirty to me. It looked dirty to me. The guys in, like I said, the guys in, I thought it was surprising that the guys in Slack did not think that. 
all men did not think that. And two women, the two women on the team, uh, I mean, Kayla did not chime in. So there's three of us on our, on Stiff's team, but two of the three of us thought it looked intentional, but I got to say, you know, I want to take a guy's perspective into account on this. People are so much more open about that stuff. Like, I feel like girls just like flaunt it and don't care. And we're just Whatever. girls, but guys, I feel like there's this basic rule of respect and you just don't go to that spot. And the only reason why I think I see it clear more than ever, it's, it was, a uh, I think it was like eight, seven years ago, Dwayne Wade was playing the Hornets. And I remember watching it on TV and I'm a diehard Dwayne Wade family, favorite guy, favorite basketball player of all time. And there's a play that he lift his leg up and literally kick the guy in the balls, essentially. Very, very good. I'm sitting there going, yeah, he did. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, that was an accident. His leg just happened to come up and that's fine. That's what happened. And I remember my dad looking at me and being like, no matter how much you love a player, emotions could still get the best of them. And it was a dirty play. Either you love them or not. It was dirty, and that's something you have to admit is when they're wrong. And so it's kind of the I same mean, situation here. Yeah, I see what you're saying and everything. I just feel like like I'm a competitive person. Like I, you know, I get it. I get how hard it is to be competitive. I don't think it deserves a suspension. I don't think Jamal's a morally corrupt human being because he let the game like get to get the better of him. I think it's interesting you think that he's kind of in a mental rut or something because I, that that could be, you know, something could be bugging him. Maybe the COVID protocols and him having to be so um, cooped up from family, which he's not so used to, maybe that's bugging him. He's typically with his dad. His dad and him are very close. His little brother is playing basketball right now as well, and he's missing out on that. I don't know if that's, like, a thing or, you know, the whole fact that, like, yes, we have a new president, but that didn't fix the whole world. And there's still like a lot of messed up stuff going on in the world. Um, there could be many, many things that are bugging Jamal mentally for sure. It could just be that he's like frustrated with his game right now. I personally think he has gotten very creative with his game. He's added things to to his game that he didn't have before. I think I enjoy watching him more. Obviously, you want to see those, um, the attempts that he does have fall. And you ha- we haven't seen that as much as we wanted to see this season, which is frustrating. So I get why fans are frustrated with him. I get why he would be frustrated. I think that whole thing was weird. And I also think it would be if, like, if there was any truth to it or it was actually, you know, Jamal did it intentionally or whatever – he could just say like, dude, the game got the best of me. Cause I think what happens is that we were frustrated with the player who doesn't say the game got the best of me right now. Like, and we want him to be the, this bigger person and stuff and not play like that and not do dirty plays. But we also don't create an environment where they can come out and be open about that without cre- getting criticism too. So whether, you know, no matter what is said about him, about whatever he says about the situation, like, He's going to get criticized for it. So it's probably frustrating as hell for him to just be able to 
I feel like she could come out and just at least apologize her way. I can't see that being criticized, being like intentional or non-intentional. He doesn't even have to admit that. Just sorry. Just like, sorry, I'm that wasn't my intention. Just something, just something out there. Yeah. I think. Hope him. And I also think if he is in that mental state, which is okay to be, because we're living in a crazy place right now. Do what Kyrie did. He stepped away, and I respected Look Kyrie more. Look how much people chat on Kyrie. Until he came back and he said, I was having mental problems that I needed to address. To me, a person who heavily criticized Kyrie Irving and strongly dislikes him, I can respect that because he's a human being. And we're living in a really messed up place right now. So I get it. And to me, it was excused. You got to go work on your mental headspace. I get that. Go work on it. So if that's the case for Jamal, I think you should go work on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope other fans agree, at least inside with you in that way. I think it's the fear of, you know, all of what is said beforehand. I mean, I heard a lot of terrible things said about Kyrie and, you know, oh, he's first and foremost a basketball player and all this stuff. And and when it comes down to it, we're not like none of us are first and foremost, anything other than human and, you know, like anxiety, real thing, like real thing, uh, not this small thing to be downplayed in any way. So, and, and not that that's the only thing these guys are dealing with. Right. But some of them, you know, other, any of those, anything that you're, they're dealing with, they should have a place where they can actually say that's what's going on and and not be criticized so hopefully that's how fans take it if they if that is what's happening i i don't know you know at this point we're all it's all speculation we have no idea um but i'm surprised that they won that game without jamal i didn't think they were going to be able to do it mpj looks awesome you're super hyped on mpj i hear true or false oh true I, uh, I owe this man an apology, first and foremost. Michael Porter Jr., I apologize for my heavy criticism from early in the season. And I can appreciate the kind of game and effort and everything you did really in that game yesterday. That was amazing. I mean, it's not like he played defense. Well, what did I tell you about defense earlier? <laughs> okay, but you're apologizing to him for like – for a criticism you had that was fair you know like he doesn't play defense and that was the majority I think of the criticism yeah but he also came out and seemed like he cared more this game and knew when Jamal came out that he had to step up and to me that shows some maturity and some type of effort to want to be that guy and that's exactly what he did sure yeah I mean there is the thought I think that a lot of fans have, which is that like he probably got excited because now there was going to be offense to even come his way. You know, a lot of fans don't feel like any of the offense is geared around Michael Porter Jr. And they don't feel like he's getting sets run for him. And he's just kind of getting his scoring in where he can when Jamal and Jokic are on the floor. And so that became a bit easier for him when Jamal goes out of the game. So Um, He did. He played really well. Played really well. It's a fun time to be a Nuggets fan.
so next topic for the night and actually our final segment of the evening is going to be uh where are they now episode we thought we would take you around um around the u.s around the world to learn a little bit about some of your favorite nuggets uh players and where they are now so what they're up to um you know, what are they investing in? How can you support them? All kinds of cool stuff that we found about these players. Um, and of course, we will be mixing in your favorite of all topics, a little bit of The Bachelor, because you guys, this is a crazy season. But <laughs> the best part of this season is, and I just got to say, Riley, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but he doesn't like white girls. He does not like the white girls he is always taking the like latinas or the um, black girls on dates and i gotta appreciate it we have not ever had a bachelor who has taken who like who likes the more diverse women on the show true or false the, the diverse man we've ever had but coming from Tasha's season, she was, even though she was Mexican and black, she yeah. was very um, attractive and her type was more white, which we could tell. Um, but awesome. I also think Mexican has the most diversity they've ever casted. Um, normally it is majority white and they will have about four black women and they will have maybe like one or two Latino women. Um, something like that and maybe a couple Asian women so this season though I feel like they really um, nailed down an equal amount of different races and ethnicities um, which is pretty cool to see because we've seen a lot of great girls on this show um, um, I don't even think he's attracted to just black women or just Latina I think I think he's I, I could think on the top of my head like a woman, woman of different backgrounds that he's really interested to and that he could end up with, which I really like. It seems like he doesn't have a type and he's kind of just open and want to hear, wants to hear everyone. So I really like that about Matt. I mean, I don't know. I think he has a type. Check out all of the one-on-ones. Check out who he has the deepest connections with. Check out who he gives roses to mm-hmm. and then talk to me. But I'm here for it. I think it's awesome. Um, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's what happens on every other season, but the opposite way. (laughs) So um, I think it's cool just because it's like a first, um, you know? And so that's like nice to be well-represented on TV shows and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. One of my favorite highlights of the season so far. What player are you bringing us tonight where are they now with a big highlight favorite thing you found out about somebody you researched riley well i'm going to start off with my favorite and should be every nuggets favorite (laughs) and that is mr alex english and really alex yes we're on a first name basis have a lot in common and uh, see, he has a home here in Columbia, but he also has a home by you in Denver. Um, of course, he's a 
University of South Carolina grad and a big Nuggets guy that stayed around and has stayed around the whole Nuggets organization, but he's actually done the same with the University of South Carolina. I've seen him through all four years here of doing um, women's and men's basketball. He's always around at the games and super nice guy. Um, and right now he's on a contract with the SEC Network. So he covers some of our games and does commentating and analysis and stuff like that. Uh, oh, also, really cool. I've seen him on a golf yeah, he's also golfing a lot out here. I and others have seen him golfing out a lot. Big golfer guy and doing a bunch of charity stuff out here, like uh, like an auction golf tournament, I know, and a couple other things with some other basketball people that came from our school. And um, and then, of course, hanging around the Denver Nuggets. So, and he's actually was appointed not too long ago by our governor, Henry McMaster, to be on the University of South Carolina's board of trustees which is a really big deal because basically that's the whole board that makes all the decisions for our giant university. So he has a direct impact on my school. So Alex English, the man, um, <laughs> that's what i today. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, Alex English is one of the very few, uh, like all time nuggets greats that I've gotten the chance to meet in person. Um, and he happens to just be the nicest guy alive as well. So <laughs> Riley's right. He should be all Nuggets fans' favorites. Um, he's a pretty awesome dude. But a very, very, very cool guy in Nuggets history, a very, very cool guy who knows how to tell yeah, no, 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 no. You know who I'm talking about. Come on, Dikembe Matumbo, dude. He's actually up to a lot of cool shit. Like, I'm serious. If you don't follow Dikembe Matumbo on Twitter, on Instagram, you should be following Dikembe Matumbo. He's hella cool. He also has a son who's pretty cool. He committed to Georgetown. Um, just like dad, you know, had to go follow in his dad's footsteps. Um, he's a pretty good basketball player. Pretty cool. Um, pretty cool kid. Fun to watch play for sure. Uh, one of the top like 100 recruits for the 2021 season. So definitely get to know his name. It's always fun when you get to, you know, see a former player that you really enjoyed kid come through. Like that's right. awesome see that a lot more in baseball for whatever reason. I don't know why that is maybe, but um, yeah, fun to see it in basketball too. So keep an eye out for Ryan Matumbo, much easier name than his dad's, by the way, <laughs> much easier. <laughs> but Dikembe is actually pretty cool. So basically he's been working on this coffee initiative. Um, it's called uh, Matumbo Coffee, and you can find it if you follow Dikembe on his Instagram. You'll then see a lot of posts about it, but really, really awesome coffee company that also like works towards providing opportunities for women to become owners of their own businesses and not just be, um, you know, part of the workforce. But so like he's making sure that women are starting to own land uh, that that then harvest the coffee beans so that they own the land, they own the, 
the beans, they run the harvest, they are in full control. So he's giving back to people in Africa who are growing these coffee beans. He's, I mean, what a cool guy. Uh, also, coffee's like the, the greatest drink alive. I'm so glad that it exists. So uh, I definitely had to go and order some. He has tons of flavors. Uh, this is not an ad for his business or something. It sounded like it for a second. He has tons of flavors. No, but it, like, it just seemed really cool that it actually goes back to women um, in the, Dominic uh, the uh, Congo. And that's just awesome that he's giving back in that way, that he's created like generational wealth for these people who, who maybe, you know, when you're not born in the US, there's not as many opportunities. And so he knows that, and he's not just sitting here in the U.S. and benefiting from now having this great life here, but he is giving back to his home country, which is pretty amazing. He was really cool. That is really interesting. I didn't know that, and that's super cool. I think it's super funny how his son, Ryan Matumbo, is going to go play for head coach, head coach Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to have to watch that interested i just love saying matumbo like matumbo like that they have like the cookie monster saying it because he kind of sounds like him he's like matumbo he's like crazy <laughs> i actually got to be at that game where they like hung his jersey in the rafter and stuff and it was just so cool so i went to that, that game with my dad it was a definitely a good moment great sports moment yeah i bet it's Matumbo. Everyone knows Matumbo. <laughs> um, all right. The next guy we got for y'all is Kenneth Freed and the Manimal, uh, the manimal as y'all might know. The manimal. That's the only way we um, him, actually. actually. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, even down in Charleston, South Carolina, we need the Manimal. We love the Manimal. Um, I remember when the Manimal was, uh, was really big at Denver with a bunch of highlight plays and dunks um he actually got like a, a documentary done on him because he actually his mom is a lesbian has a partner and so that and it showed how cool like their family is and kenneth freed's um just huge support for um the lgbtq community and his mom and i really like that documentary when they did that on the manimal um but Kenneth Fareed, where he is today. So his last contract was in 2019 with the Houston Rockets. But ultimately, he ended up out of the NBA. Um, That's crazy. Like it's crazy, but it makes sense because the NBA has slowly changed since he's been in it to where he would have had to be a pretty consistent shooter. He was unable to, but he had a great career. I mean... He will always be known as the Manimal. And if you get a nickname that everyone knows you by and calls you by, then you did something right in the NBA. <laughs> so um, he is the CEO of a company called Infinity 8 Vision. And he's still working out and playing basketball in hopes of playing again. I don't know if that'll happen, but that's what our man, the Manimal, is doing these days. That's so interesting. What's Infinity 8 Vision? So I tried actually looking up this company and um, couldn't find a whole lot. Besides that, I saw a jewelry 
and I saw he would tag it. It's his Instagram. I feel like it's pretty new because it doesn't have a whole lot of followers and a whole lot of info out there yet. But um, it seems like he's on the right track in uh, using his name and himself to create business and also keep working out and doing all that stuff. So that's yeah. the main that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It's, it's good to see that he's like trying to get into something else as well, you know, starting his own company. I think a lot of players have been talking about just like how important it is to not just play a sport as your only job. I don't know if, if you follow uh, John Sesto, he was a he was playing Rockies minor league for a long time. I'm not sure if he still is, but he was pursuing a career in baseball and he like also like runs a company with Amazon and stuff and is making himself like 10 K a week um, doing that so that he can just play baseball because that's what he loves to do. So pretty cool. Uh, he also offers classes. So if you're an athlete and you're interested in building, you know, wealth for yourself outside of your, attempts at um you know going pro because we know it's hard you know check it out um man another really cool guy from you know around the farid time a little bit before farid's time really uh mr kenyon martin kenyon man oh man kmart was literally i think my first crush i think that Kmart was my first crush. I dead ass do now that I think about it. Oh my God. I like thought he was so sexy. Like I would go to games and I'd be like, mom, check this man out. Like, and he, I would, yeah, I was definitely into him. Uh, it was interesting, right? More than like neck tattoos and the way he'd play like super aggressive. I'm like, oh my God, he's not like, I loved how he played. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I loved his game. Um, yeah, the lip tattoo thing. I swear there was one game, you know, he blew a kiss at the crowd in the direction that I was standing in. But you Oh, know, I think it was to you, Jen. It was definitely. <laughs> it was definitely to me. No, but Kmart was uh, the guy back in the day. He was definitely, um, at least to me, he was the man. Um, pretty cool because his son is now also playing in the NBA. Um, KJ Martin or Kenyon Martin Jr. He's a junior. Uh, he's actually, he was on a highlight last week, I think, with a big, big, big ass block. Uh, I think against Boban, maybe it was. Um, but yeah, it was a really nice um, highlight. I'm glad that he's getting a chance to play. I think that was a big deal for him and his family for, you know, Kmart senior and KJ both big deal for them. But Kmart is currently ho the host of neat and unfiltered. It's a pretty good podcast. Actually. Um, I feel like all of <laughs> the guys that I found information about, I'm going to like run an ad for now because I'm going to tell you guys go support him. Like go listen to his pod. He actually has a pretty, um, pretty good voice for podcasting um and he gets some pretty good interviews he get he gets a couple of really good interviews he had um an interview actually let me see if i can pull it up fast yeah with nancy lieberman and it was so so interesting like she was talking about how she went to rucker park for the first time to play and how like she really just got into the game of basketball and everything so he gets some really good interviews 
I'm pretty impressed um, with, yeah, with his skills on the mic. I did not think that would have been like, not what I thought he would be doing now, but that's what he's up to. And also, of course, cheering on his son. So pretty cool uh, that he's gotten to do that. Who you got next for us? Where are they at now? All right. I got uh, Antonia McDice. And uh, this guy's a little bit before my time. I was quite young. Not <laughs> quite on my radar quite yet. Right. But, um, basically, Antonia's been out of the league for quite a while now. Um, but some fun news about Antonio he there wasn't a whole lot out there on him he doesn't have social media really or anything like that but some fun news that came out in 2019 he was in this um auction a private auction and won a three million dollar house in Houston that's like 10,000 square feet cool um so that was pretty cool and that is also the most recent news on Antonio McDice. So I think he's been kind of like doing his own thing, but that definitely made some newspapers when he won that $3 million house in Houston. And that's where I imagine him living. So Pretty cool. That's actually really cool that he got to win that. Um, who knew? I who knew? feel like if, if you're in the NBA, you'll probably use up all your luck there, but not this guy. Uh, hey, you take a $3 million house if it comes your way you know <laughs> oh i definitely would i definitely would um except for then you got to clean it Ugh. Ugh. i uh, use a million to uh, clean to get a cleaning lady take it and look at it <laughs> <laughs> right don't get don't get it dirty nobody do anything in here uh <laughs> the next guy that we have for you is actually interesting yeah you know kind of out of the league been out of the league for a while uh has it more because really of what happened so Muhammad Abdul Rauf I think is how you pronounce his name um pretty interesting guy if you're a Nuggets fan and you haven't heard about this guy you probably are not the type of Nuggets fan that I am you're probably not the type of Nuggets fan that gets too riled up uh when they lose you're probably not the type of Nuggets fan who knows uh, what Malone's bright ass red blown up face means, but you know, you're probably a casual nuggets fan. You need to know this guy. If you don't know this guy, you need to know this guy. And you know what? Don't feel bad about it. If you don't know him because he's basically calling Kaepernick before calling Kaepernick, you know, he made a choice way back in the, um, the nineties to, to not, come out for the national anthem long time ago far before didn't stand i mean different reasons right for then what colin's reasons were but he chose he did say that he felt like the felag was a sign of oppression to certain communities and so similar reasons but also he as muslim he converts to become a muslim and he does not want to stand for the flag because it doesn't um abide with what he believes in his religion right so pretty big controversy um gosh controversy not a great word for me <laughs> i just <laughs> definitely said it with like a sh uh not a great word for me but pretty big controversy he uh shaq spoke on it michael jordan spoke on it a lot of players actually 
gave their opinions about this controversy. And um, I think you should look them up. If you don't know the story, look them up. He also um, had Tourette's, which is pretty crazy to be an NBA player with a disability like that. Uh, I think that I, I've never heard of anyone since then having Tourette's in the NBA. So that's pretty interesting. But he overcomes that basically by just trying to be a perfectionist in basketball. And that's what makes ends up propelling him to become one of the greatest shooters in the early 90s. Uh, they thought he would probably be the starting point guard for the dream team, but ends up not getting that role due to this whole controversy over the flag, which again, is exactly what happened to Cam, to Cap. Um, so yeah, pretty big controversy. Nowadays though, he actually still plays quite a bit and he still can cross up. Like people say that he's still a baller. He can still get his buckets. Um, he speaks at a lot of different schools as like a motivational speaker talking about, you know, what it meant to fight through Tourette's and everything to become a great basketball player. Interestingly enough, um, in 2001, his house was burnt down. He was building a home in the South. Uh, he, there were reports of like during the construction of the home, how people would come and vandalize it, uh, he reports that there was a KKK symbol, like the three letters, the three Ks tagged on his home and things like that. And then eventually it was burnt down, unfortunately. Um, he really believes that it was like a message to not move into town. Um, and that's kind of the last report on it. They said they were investigating more and there wasn't really more info on it. I'm not sure if he even has a full answer, but I think he's probably used to that right used to being in the middle of a controversy that he kind of has a sure feeling it's about one thing but nobody's really saying it's about that so um not to be a sad story right I don't mean it to tell you about him like as, as a sad story because he is a motivational speaker he does um he is the father of five kids he's like a happy man but he's had it rough like he's really been a, a figurative like perseverance I think and so if you haven't heard about him, you should definitely check him out. He's worth um, the look, looking him up, you know. For sure. Um, all right, next guy. We're going to go to Nene Hilario, which is actually hilarious because I only know him as Nene. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known him as anything else, actually. Um I definitely remember when Nene was on the team, he was on some of the same teams as Kenneth Fareed. So y'all had those two guys dunking in the ball constantly, I felt like. Um, but then he kind of moved around a bit and you probably last on consistently playing for the Washington Wizards. Um, that's kind of where the last place he got some solid minutes. And then he ended up going to the Hawks and ended up getting waived there pretty recently. I think it was in the beginning of 2020. Um, and now he's just playing for his home country of Brazil. I'm sure he's trying to get some tape up and try to get back in the NBA, but I feel like he's a little in the same boat as Reed and kind of, you know, the game's changed. Uh, yeah. His position is a lot less common, a lot less needed. 
Um, but Nene, I'm sure, is happy to be playing in his home of Brazil. And it seems like uh, his Instagram basically is just a lot of messages on social justice and other big topics going on in the world. And other than that, he doesn't share anything too personal in there. But uh, I, I do know he's a fan favorite of the Nuggets. He, he was a fan favorite for me. Um, so it's, it's cool to see, it's cool to see that, uh, Nene is still out there playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah, no, good for him. And I'm glad he's still playing somewhere, you know, do what you love, man. The last two guys I had were, um, from a similar era to the Nene era, Andre Miller, you know, the guy is keeping a pretty low profile. He's currently coaching um, a post-grad team at Balboa Prep in San Diego. So he's living the dream, you know, living in San Diego is the best life. So mm. he's doing pretty good. His most recent kind of like news, he talked about um, how he looked back on his time in college and um, wished he had gone to an HBCU, a historically black college or university, as opposed to um, being a Ute at the university of utah i believe so um he's kind of talked about that but that's he's pretty much just investing in these young kids in southern california so if you want to get coached by andre miller who is the champion of the lexus drive of the game i know you don't know what that is riley but that was a thing on altitude when andre miller was uh, a player he did he was always winning that lexus drive of the game so it was just a sponsored segment on altitude but <laughs> um I was always like the Lexus drive of the game guy yeah when I was a kid right so <laughs> I loved him and then of course Eddie Nahara also similar eras similar times um I think Eddie similar to Nene and Kenneth Fareed kind of his style of play fades out um for the NBA pretty quickly he's kind of like a plumly guy like very much a hustler work hard like hard work ethic Compazzo you get you got Compazzo and Plumley, and you mix them together you get Eddie Nahra that's actually exactly what he's <laughs> exactly who his parents would be <laughs> yeah um, Nahra is the first Mexican born player in the NBA technically some people say he's the second um whatever but he was a Mexican born player so obviously you know it was pretty cool for you know, somebody who's Mexican to see another Mexican player in the NBA. But right now, and, and really for most of his career, he was with the Dallas Mavericks. He was drafted by the Mavericks, which is, you know, a great place. If you're um, Latino, tons of Spanish speakers there. So um, made sense that he would gravitate back there after his career ends. He's now right now a pro scout. So he's doing some international scouting for them. Interestingly enough, the Mavs have quite the international team. So he's on a pretty good team of scouts. Um, and he's a pretty much a very, very happy father of four. He actually turned 44 this year. So that's weird to think about. But <laughs> who's your last guy? Oh, my guy is a pretty well-known guy. Mr. Marcus Camby. Um, he looks yeah. like Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> This man was a baller, and I felt like he had the most potential in the world. Um, 
very high coming into the NBA. Um, unfortunately, he had a lot of injuries um, that kind of derailed a lot of his career. Still ended up a solid player, but injuries definitely took over. But after he retired from the game of basketball, he wanted to be as far away from the press and spotlight as possible. And that unfortunately included the game of basketball. And it seemed like he really didn't want anything to do with the game of basketball. Um, I don't know really the detail, but that seems to be the consensus on the research that I dug up. He, he uh, unfortunately, the things that do come up are kind of some nasty court cases he's been in the past five years. Either it be something with his nephew or a nasty divorce with his wife from 2019. Um, I'm not going to comment on those because I don't know facts. But um, that's the only time that really Marcus Camby has been in the news. And he still really hasn't hopped into basketball too much. He has done some uh, some motivational speaking at some places. I know you could book him. But um, other than that, you don't see him. Doesn't really have social media, so... Man, Riley, you couldn't have mixed him into the mix earlier and given us somebody positive to end on. <laughs> well, honestly, I was a little surprised I didn't have Ty Lawson in there. Yeah. I was trying not to pick too many guys from so many eras, and I was trying to just think of a list. And, you know, it was a pretty long list. We've actually talked for a while about these guys. Yeah, but did you know? That our boss, Mr. Ryan Blackburn, became a Nuggets fan from Ty Lawson. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was his dude. Uh, I think that was a case for, it was definitely for me. That's why I watched the Nuggets when I did watch them. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought he'd be in the list. You know, I feel like he did a lot for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think Nuggets fans have some connections that are interesting to certain players because, like, a lot of Nuggets fans hate Mello and hate Ty. And I'm like, both did quite a bit for this franchise, for this team. So, you know, I don't know. I guess I tried to pick guys that I thought nobody could be mad at. You know, none of these guys on this list did anything to do the Nuggets. Well, people might be mad at Fareed. But nobody's trying to do the Nuggets dirty. You know, these are beloved Nuggets, uh, ex-Nuggets. So, um, yeah, fun to look into what, what players are up to and even more fun to find out some of the things we found, like the Matumbo coffee, go check it out. The fact that you can literally work with Alex English if you go to school at the University of South Carolina. Yeah, and the fact that, like, that Eduardo Nahara might be part of one of the greatest international scouting teams in the NBA. Like what? <laughs> so <laughs> pretty fun, pretty fun uh, stuff we found out there and um, always fun time chatting with you, Riley. So thanks for listening guys to the latest episode of the chicken nuggets podcast. We really appreciate all the support you guys have been giving us and definitely continue to um send us your support you know we appreciate it we give out shout outs when we do hear that our people are supporting us we really do appreciate it, you guys so thanks again and we'll be back next week with another episode
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.